A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. There's a number of articles that say if your phone is sitting on the desk at any given time while you're trying to do something else, you have a mental RAM load that is being used by that. Wow. And it is pulling your attention away. Hey, what's going on, my fellow future millionaires? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire University Podcast. In case you can't tell, Professor Williams has a cold today, but the show must go on. For today's lesson, we will be talking about productivity. They say that knowledge is power, but that's only true if you do something with it. So learning and applying productivity skills will be key in helping you reach your business and life goals. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, where for the past 11 years, he has interviewed hundreds of productivity experts on how they get crap done while keeping their sanity. Now, not only did I have a cold during this interview, but I also forgot to turn on my microphone. Oopsies. But I think it adds character, so we're good. Considering perfection is the enemy to success, I think we're doing pretty amazing over here. 
Eric is someone that I've actually known about and followed ever since 2013 when I started my very first podcast. And he's just a super genuine, down-to-earth, cool dude. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I give you the one and only Professor Productivity himself, Eric Fisher. I got started with podcasting and productivity for that matter, kind of all in the same summer, I guess you would call it. It was summer of 2005, and I'm sitting in a cubicle doing data entry at uh, a university, which was my, my alma mater. I had stuck around after um, graduating because there was a girl and I had to you know, <laughs> see about her, right? Kind of like uh, the end of uh, Goodwill Hunting. It was like, I yep. got to go see about a girl. And uh, so she still had a year left. And I thought, well, I'm going to get a job here in town and then slowly moved up and moved up and we got married and, you know, we didn't have any kids yet. But that summer or that January 2005, we had our first girl our first daughter, our first kid. And she was born in January, but she was due in March. So she was like eight weeks, mm. 10 weeks early. So that was a little scary, a little, little weird, but um, working data entry that summer, 2005, kind of trying to get sleep as much as I can. And one of the things that would keep me going was listening to music on iTunes, as it was called at the time, on the Dell computer that was a CRT monitor and just rocking away Crazy. you know i put my headphones on and, and just rock it out doing data entry and it was fine and then up pops itunes has an update and i'm like well then i'm gonna go take a bathroom break and refresh my coffee and i do so i click go and i do the round and i come back and i sit down and it's ready and i go to click over to one of my playlists on the sidebar and i notice there's this new thing there called podcasts this is brand new first time in anything with apple summer of 2005 yeah. So I click that and I'm like, what is this? I know what a, I know what an iPod is and I know what a broadcast is. And I'm suddenly it hits me. This is like TiVo for radio. Mm. This you, it, it's playing and you can pause and start and stop. And I'm like, this is genius. This is amazing. And it was limited, you know, what was there at the time, but some of the, you know, NPR type stuff was already in there and a few other things. And I just got hooked instantly. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do one of these because I was That's a communications awesome. major in college. And I also uh, had done like, um, what's it called? Internships at a radio station and things like that. So anyway, fast forward a little bit. I'm an avid listener. I'm searching for things. I'm looking it up. I'm Googling when I'm in my downtime and I get connected with some different podcasters that are already doing like podcast about the TV show Lost, for example, at the time, which was huge, right? And kind of get into their community. And so then come 2007, a friend of mine and I, we said, all right, let's do this. But what do we want to do? And we did kind of like a late night talk show kind of a thing. But, you know, we review movies and music. It was two guys chatting. We were making up funny, like almost jokes and inside skits and things like that. And we did it all that year. At the end of that year, uh, Apple put out a list for the first time, top 10 new comedy podcasts. And we were in it. No way. <laughs> people don't know this, right? So that was something that I was doing for a while there. And I was, and then I was guest hosting. Uh, Cliff and I created a show called social media serenity. Oh, where wow. we were talking about doing social media without going crazy. This was early days. And that ended in January, 2011. And at that point, um, uh, no, January 2012, sorry. And then 
uh, I was like, well, this is my opportunity. I can do a solo show. And so it took about six months, eight months, August, 2012. I started beyond the to-do list and it's been going now for 11 years at the time of this conversation. Crazy, man. I didn't listen to my first podcast until 2013, which was the same year that I started one. So it blows my mind. I don't think I knew podcasts were around in 2000, whatever year you listened to your first one. That's, that's yeah, wild. It's, podcasts have grown exponentially. Like people, when, when people hear that, like I did a show, well, one thing people get shocked when they hear I started beyond the to-do list in totally. 2012. They're like, whoa. And then I'm like, yeah, but I did one. I was co-hosting on this for this window of time. And then like 2007, and I've been listening since 2005. And they're like, wow. wait, it existed then? And I'm like, yes. Actually, it even predates that by like, Oh two, oh three, oh four. As it was just not firm in kind of any ecosystem at the time. It was very, you know, CB radio type stuff. Crazy. At the time. What did you graduate in? Uh, communications. Okay. Bachelor's of communications. And then, did you like have a job out of college or what? Honestly, out of out of the gate, it was like the idea. <laughs> the idea was, a friend of mine and I, we were going to move out to Hollywood and try to do script writing. Mm. That was, that was the, the plan, so to speak. Wow. I was going to, I was, he lived local and, uh, we moved in with his parents on the other side of the house and had our apartment there and worked. I, you know, I, I was working maintenance on the university campus just to do something, yeah. build up cash flow, and then, uh, worked in the movie theater as well. And then started looking for different positions, found an entry level kind of position, and then slowly made my way up into the adult education world where they were recruiting students for their masters and things, which I eventually then moved into and outperformed everybody. But like, this was step one step before that, I think. So, so you did a podcast on social media. So yes. how did you learn about, you ought to have known about social media. Well, that was the thing is like, I was playing around with it. I had time. Did it even exist back then? I'm what did Early <laughs> days, early days, like Facebook first rolled out to, um, non-college students oh, in yeah. the year of 07, something wow. like that, I think. And so that's when I started playing with that and Twitter had shown up as well. Mm. Uh, YouTube was, was in its infancy. Obviously we're years ahead of Instagram at that wow. point. I think that was like 2010, 11, something like that. Um, but the cool thing is, is that the way that I found my way into marketing and social media as part of my day job was uh, I was doing social media research and promotion for the podcasts that I was on. And my, one of the assistant vice presidents said, Hey, we know that you know how to do social media cause you're doing it for your show and things like that. We'd love to see, you know, we need to be doing that here at the university. Um, what if we give you like, I don't know, 10 hours out of your entire work week where you work on that, like kind of investigate, consult, you know, research, et cetera, what that would look like. And this was, you know, summer of, I think, 2010. And I wow. said, yeah, that sounds great. And so then by January of 2011, they said, hey, we're going to create a position for you, social media manager. Wow. And I moved out of enrollment into social media management and marketing and was there for another three years, I think, plus until social media examiner out in San Diego snapped me up and said, hey, we need somebody who's doing what you do for the school for us. Want to talk? And I said, yes. Okay. So let's dive into productivity. How many interviews have you done on Beyond the To Do List? Oh gosh. Well, let me put it this way: there's over 500 episodes. So wow. Something like 
I don't know, some of, some of them I've republished just as better, you know, best of episodes, but not that many. So, you know, 450 plus wow. conversations. Okay. About productivity. So yes. let's hear it. What are your best productivity? I don't even know what word to use. Yeah. Productivity let's, tips, yeah. tricks, secrets, right? Yeah. All the buzzwords. Oh gosh, there's lots of different directions. I'll throw a few out that are smaller first, but then we can dive into a little bit bigger ones. Like for example, the David Allen two minute rule, where if, you know, if, if something comes to mind and you know, it's going to take less than two minutes, mm. just do it because otherwise you're taking the time to funnel it into a system mm -hmm. that then you'll come, it'll come up later and it may not be time. You may not have that time available then to do it then, but if you have it now, great. However, there's also great, opportunity in creating like half hour chunks of time on your calendar where you can park those two minute things and rapid fire through them. Like, okay, yeah. there's that two minute email. There's that two minute phone call. You just check them off, check, 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 check in that half hour and you're done. And sometimes it doesn't even take the whole half hour. So you've got a little bit of extra margin there. So that's the two minute rule. Pomodoro techniques, another one that I really love. Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. The guy that created the technique, he was using a kitchen timer that was shaped like a tomato and he would turn it for 25 minutes and then he would take a five minute break. I've also heard 25 minute and like a 15 minute break or 20 minutes and then a 10 minute break or, you know, different variations of that. But essentially it's kind of like when you go to the gym where you go mm -hmm. and you do a set of certain amount of reps, you know, this machine, uh, one set of 10 reps, and then you move on yeah. to the next machine and you keep rotating through different things. This is kind of like that, but you do 10, 15, 25 minutes, take a five, 10 minute break and repeat until you get through about three of them, then you take a longer break. Mm. And this kind of helps some of us ADHD people yep. Yep, that's me. <laughs> focus on something, right? Yep. You get to focus on something for a certain amount of time, make a certain amount of progress on it. Know that a break is coming. It comes, you stand up, you refresh, you get a drink of water, you do all those different things, whatever, sit back down, do another chunk. And it continues to give you um, sustained momentum. If That's, you will. It's so interesting because my wife is every once in a while, like I'll just like, I gotta get up. I gotta and she's like, Why like why? <laughs> like I gotta get up, walk around, get like get a drink of water, grab a little snack, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, it just helps me like keep going. Um Yep. So are there time periods? I mean, what's if I didn't like 15, I thought it was more like work for an hour than take a five minute break. I didn't know it was like <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's well, and, and here's the thing. I don't know if you're too, I don't know if anybody that's listening is old enough to remember this, but there was this tape and uh, like, like audio cassette slash video cassette thing that came out when I was young called where there's a will, there's an A. Oh yeah. My parents had that. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious. My dad bought it for me and like, I listened to it and I went through the manual and there was this one section that this is what the Pomodoro technique reminds me of where, and I, and I've been drilling this into my daughter now, what's like flashcards for her different things for, as she's prepping to go to college mm -hmm. is when you study, don't study for an hour, mm. you know, go through your flashcards for 10 minutes yeah. and your attention span then doesn't have the ability to swoop all the way down to the bottom and then back up. Yeah. It swoops down a little bit and a little bit. And so you're giving yourself the 
the um, the principles there that it's basically you're not dipping so low into your energy that your return on focus, your return on time and investment is waning so much that you're just wasting the time. It's kind of like, you know, no two hours are created equal. Sure, they're the same length of time, but perception of how fast that time passes is one thing. And the other is what time of day and what time of energy level are you at makes a huge difference. 1 to 2 a.m. and getting something done then or 1 to 2 p.m. are very different hours. They're the same length of time, but use them very differently because you want to use them for the optimized thing that you can. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, so, okay. Oh. This is good. Good stuff. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. Want to know a secret? There's more to becoming a millionaire than making money. We talk a lot about building businesses and taking the road less traveled to achieve your goals. But the most successful entrepreneurs we know will tell you investing and growing your money is an essential component to creating wealth, which is why we're really excited about today's sponsor for this episode, Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. It's never too late to start growing, and it's never too early either. You've heard us say about a million times on this podcast that it takes small, consistent steps to build big results. And we love Acorns and how accessible it is to people at all levels of investment knowledge. So head to acorns.com forward slash MU or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Here one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. The important disclosure is at acorns.com slash MU. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC. Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Yeah. Uh, limiting multitasking. Again, some of these are very obvious, but we need to be reminded of them. Uh, one of the things is, is like my phone is not sitting here on the desk. Might either. Yeah, there's a there's a a number of articles that say if your phone is sitting on the desk at any given time while you're trying to do something else, you have a mental RAM load that is being used by that. And it it is pulling your attention away because you're wondering if that's going to ding or buzz or if if there's something there. Can you just flip it up and clip it? Okay, nothing. Oh, wait. No, no, nothing. Oh, wait, what? Oh, no. And it just, you keep doing that. And instead, you have to get it out of the way. One of the things that I've found is, again, by using Pomodoro, you get that kind of, hey, in my five-minute break, I get to check something real quick. 
cool. And you can even do it longer if you when you get through a full Pomodoro cycle of like three reps or three sets, I should say. But one of the other things that's cool that you can do is you could leave analog tools to capture something if you want to. Having a legal pad and a like a pen and you pull it over as a th- while I'm working, oh, you know, I'm talking to you and I just realized, oh crap, I haven't uh, texted my friend about the thing we're doing tonight to remind him of such and such. Well, I pull that over and it's like, text Todd about tonight mm. and then slide it back away. And you're a parent, a lot of people are parents, they can attest those thoughts that pull up are kind of like toddlers. They're like, Hey, I need your attention now. Hey, Hey, they don't know better. You do. They don't know that as long as you don't, I mean, again, sometimes they throw a fit, but whatever, (laughs) but this is, this is teaching them. This is, this is weaning them off of having to have your constant attention. And instead, if you appease them by saying, I hear you, I see that request. And as soon as I'm done with this, yes, we'll deal with that. And so by them not hearing a no, but a yes in a moment, then when you get to it, like it trains them, which is, it's really you, you're training, you're training the, you're training the child in yourself, the toddler in yourself, right? By training yourself and your thoughts that when those distractions come up, oh, he's not mad at me. I'm, you know, I'm not mad at myself. Mm -hmm. All those good things. Like, it's like, oh, okay. So it's okay to have those, but you know what? If I just let him get his stuff done. Then I can bring the stuff up when he's done. Totally. Again, I don't think we ever get rid of it's, it's, I mean, I'm kind of talking like meditation here. The thoughts come, you acknowledge the thought, yep. you let it go away, but you're in this case, you're capturing it because you're productive. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> so that's another way to deal with, um, you know, focus distractions, limiting your multitasking. Those are huge things. I love it. One of the other biggest things that I've found is sleep. Yeah. Sleep is huge. I even just a half an hour ago, I was looking for something and I found an article about Scientific American. I need to read it, but the headline grabbed me because it said that basically even one lousy night's sleep starts to make you act like you're effectively drunk mm-hmm. all day. And I'm like, I believe it. Oh, I've totally. been there many times. Again, us parents know <laughs> the, the, the struggle is real. Yeah, And so I have found that anything that I can do to limit the brightness. Now in the summer, it's different because the sun is out much later in the day and up earlier, which is great because that gets you started faster. Mm -hmm. Um, But having any kind of rhythms, routines, rituals for the evening that can set your evening up to calm and collect and reflect and different things there, then you can get good sleep. You want to get it cooler. You want to do, you know, nothing in your bed other than what it's for, which you know, there's one activity and then there's another that's called sleep. And that's about about it. (laughs) And that's really what it's supposed to, I mean, if you're reading in bed, maybe that's okay, Yeah. but definitely not using technology. Yeah. I mean, I try not to do that at all. Mm. So, and then, you know, certain supplements are different and definitely exercise helps get your, um, I mean, every time I, I, I wear my Apple watch to sleep. Okay. So that it tracks my sleep. Yeah. And then I can kind of see, oh, you woke up in the middle of the night a couple different times. And I didn't even know it, but I did. Yeah. And it was like kind of it's like and it shows like, well, that day you didn't exercise. Oh, oh interesting. So having more data there helps. Um Wow. So yeah, no technology you don't use technology at all in your bed. That's impressive. Do you once try not again, to. You just put you you put your phone away, like Yeah. Yeah. I put the phone I put the phone on a charger in a different room. Okay. That's not too far away, but like, you know. 
I, and I'm in do not disturb mode on the watch. Other than the sleep tracking on the watch, one of the other reasons I started using it was make it mute. No, I, I don't do noise on it at all. Yeah. And then it's got the vibrate alarm, mm. which then doesn't wake my wife up. Now, on the mm. other hand, hers wakes me up, but I'm usually up before her anyway. So whatever. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> You can so, get woken up. She can't get woken up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's and trouble. so, and then one other thing with sleep, and uh, Michael Hyatt got me hooked on this years ago, and then there have been some tweaks to it. Taking a nap. Like, yeah, you don't have to fall asleep. That. You just need to shut your brain off. Like, yeah. What twenty minutes? Even if you don't fall asleep, if you don't, even if you don't enter into an actual sleep cycle, which you don't really want to do, because at that point, if you get to like 45, 50 minutes, and yeah. you start to go down into any kind of sleep cycle, when you wake back up, you're groggy yeah, for right. a while. Yeah. But uh, so I set mine for like 35 or four. I, I think I set it for 40 minutes. Yeah. Because that gives me five to 10 minutes of leeway in terms of, okay, I haven't fallen asleep just yet. Gives me about 20 minutes. And then I, it, it'll go off on my wrist and wake me up. Some days it, it doesn't happen at all. Other days, uh, and, and again, so, certain times I'm able to make it happen. Often uh, it happens. Yeah. Days that it happens, great. Days that I try, but even if it doesn't happen fully, even if even just stopping for a little bit mm-hmm. and letting the brain reset and stopping thinking and just laying there with my eyes closed, even if I don't fall asleep or anything at all, um, the brain just resets and I pop back up. And then there's variations you can do on this, like a nappuccino where you do a shot of espresso, then lay down. It takes 20 minutes plus for the caffeine to hit your bloodstream. Uh-huh. And if you lay down for that 20 minutes, you're kind of getting a nap and a caffeine boost. Yeah. And then you pop back up and you're like, yeah, you're like ready to go. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I heard you talk about that on the podcast. I listened, just listened to you last night. Um, yeah. Uh, but I probably so, should have listened to it last night. because (laughs) so that's some things i know there's a couple other things like you can you can theme your days and even theme like certain times of day Um, because again energy management is what kind of we're getting at here with the whole sleep thing but instead of just taking breaks take mindful breaks you know do some meditation or some unplugging and recharging during that time um themed days or themed times of days is you know specific times of the day you're better at doing certain things. And, and this is going to vary from person to person. You know, you do a time journal and you say, okay, I did this at this time of day. Yeah. How did I feel? Those kind of things. You have to do the homework on this yeah. for a good week or two, but you will find that with that data, you're like, you know, I got to stop doing like podcast interviews at 12, you know, at one o'clock in the afternoon, right after lunch, because I'm still, I'm tired yeah. from having just eaten. Yeah. And again, maybe that means you adjust your diet yeah. <laughs> that so you're not, you know, scarfing down pasta before the conversation. Uh, or maybe it means you do it at 10 AM when you're still way more awake for the day. Yeah. Things like that. And then uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of something else here. Basically just trying to single task as much as, as much as possible. Like we talk about multitasking, but single tasking, you know, getting in the zone. This is where the Cal Newport focus or deep work mm-hmm. and focus come into play as well. I love this, man. It's interesting because it does seem like not long ago, it was all about sleep as little as possible, work till your eyes bleed. You know what I mean? Like just go, go, go. And I think people are realizing that that's not productivity, right? Well, it's like driving. It's like going on a road trip and you're running on fumes. How far are you going to really get? You can't, you know, again, 
I don't, I don't really, pres- you know, ascribe to the whole hustle culture mentality. Yeah. Like where you just gotta, you know, go, you know, 90 miles an hour at all times. No, because certain times require certain amounts of intent, uh, intention and attention. And so you have to be fueled up. You have to be rested. You have to have your full mind and clarity there. I mean, again, you're, when you're feeling sick, your mind, you're depleted and you know that. And so that's, that's also part of it is just trying to, you know, fuel your body as much as possible. So again, I mean, there are seasons in, in life and in projects, and in work, and in family, and it's like, as long as you have all agreed, whoever's involved in the decision-making process, as long as you've all agreed on what's going to happen here, waking up at five, and working on something for an hour or two, because that's the only time you can do it, because staying up late, that same, you know, if you were to stay up two extra hours, versus getting up two hours earlier, based on your energy and your focus, you can get way more done in one of those hours. Yeah. Okay. So you have an 18 year old. Do you have two kids? Yes. So then my son, my daughter's 18 going off to college. My son has just started sixth grade. So he's about to turn 12. So basically on the front end, we had an only child Yeah. and now she's leaving and we're going to get another only child scenario. So it's one thing talking to people who are sometimes like trying to do too much and cram all this stuff in a day. What do you say to someone who needs like motivation and they got, but they got to get stuff done. You look for the quick wins. I love David Allen's concept of the brain dump. I will often go to a coffee shop and just get out of the house, change the scenery, different mood, different music, different lighting, different amount of people, whatever, change it up to what's not normal and try to unplug sit down and then start to just write out everything you can think of that's on your mind. If it's something to do, if it's something in the future, if it's five years out, or if it's something you want in a year, six months, something you know you need to do today, tomorrow, yesterday, because you forgot, you write all those things down and you just start to write them down and you dump it all out of your brain and getting it out of your head and into something where you, I mean, again, legal pad and a pen is great for me because then I'm not look, staring at a screen mm-hmm. and I can process it and I can see it. I can circle different things. I can then rip that page off and then start over and start listing them off in priority and crossing them off on the other one and doing that. But anyway, getting those things all out of your head, first off, getting kind of a, a clarity, a, a moment of clarity, then deciding, okay, are there any of these that are like small or quick wins or, or asking the question, what's the one next step for me to do something on any of these? Cause if it's like, I don't know, I'm trying to come up with an example, um, buy a new car. Since I turned out the window and saw my car, (laughs) it's like buy a new car. And it's like, okay, well, step, step one is, can I sell the old one first? (laughs) (laughs) What needs to be done? You know, so do an inventory on what the old one is in terms of trade in or selling it to somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. Estimate how much do you think that's going to be? Is it a two minute task? Is it a five minute task? You can take a half hour to like, or are you going to just be like, no, I'm going to take a half hour and search Carvana or some of these other sites and see what's out there. And if there's nothing out there, not worry about it. But you, you get to make that one next decision real quick or at least identify it because most of the time we don't start anything because we don't know how many, it's an amorphous blob of vagueness of a project and we don't know what's involved, but if we can sit and pick one thing and start to list it off, this is again, so I, this has been talking with my daughter about college. It's like, you get this thing 
called a syllabus. Yep. And it lists off all the requirements yeah. to get that best grade out of that thing. And it lists it off in time from start to finish of the class and all that kind of stuff. It's your checklist. Yep. And so, and you get your chance to ask all the questions. That's what you're doing. Yeah. But like with your life yeah. and not just with like one aspect, but like all of them. And I know that can be, what I'm saying here is could be very overwhelming, but like, you know what? It's probably not. It's actually by doing some of this homework, you then know where the status is on a lot of this stuff and even getting it out of your head and you say, oh, you know what? Let's take the car example again. No, you know what? I looked at the car, still got, it's still way under on miles, still works really well. Just these tune up, oil change, et cetera, tires, new tires, mm -hmm. and it's good to go for another two years plus at least or more. Yeah. And then I can either hand it to a kid or sell it then, et cetera. But by knowing that it that data, yep. you then it's not this again amorphous blob of I don't know what I'm doing with my car. I don't know what the status is. I gotta make a decision. You don't know what decisions to make because you don't know what the questions are. Yeah. But by actually taking five, 10 minutes and then knowing what status it is, then you know what questions you need to ask yourself, slash what task list of five, 10 things that are, and you can estimate how long those are gonna take. You can do all that and be in a much better place clarity-wise. And that's just one thing. But by knowing that one thing and feeling good about it, you've got that satisfaction of a job well done and that momentum that you can carry into other things. Somebody said discipline begets discipline mm -hmm. on the show years ago, mm -hmm. and that has stuck with me for so long. Doing one thing right kind of spills over into the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next yeah. thing. So you just got to start. Yeah, I love that. And that is kind of like going to the gym, how you mentioned. You know, it's like, when you work out, you want to keep working out, right? You're like, oh, this yeah. is, this is, I like this, right? So that endorphin rush yeah. carries over yep. <laughs> to to better sleep, which then carries over. Yes. And I feel better, and I I want to eat better, and I want to do more yep. activity, and I want to, and then you sleep better, and so on, and and it's just it's a flywheel. Yeah. All right. Any final major productivity thoughts you have before we transition here? I think it's a good start. I think we've given a lot okay. of stuff. Okay. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. That was good. Let's give it up for Eric Fisher. I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm going to be taking a lot more breaks and naps from here on out. This was actually only the first half of a two-part interview that Eric and I did. In the second half of our interview, we geek out about all things podcasting. I would join that one because it's, it's all just podcasters. Awesome. It's like our own private Slack yeah. for podcasters. So if you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, that is an episode that you will not want to miss. In closing, I want to share a quick quote I recently came across from Stephen R. Covey. It says, I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. What decisions will you make today and this week that will affect the person that you become and the business and life that you have tomorrow and in the future? It really doesn't matter where you've been. It only matters where you're going. And that choice is 100% up to you. We'll be here to support you, but we can't do it for you. So figure out where it is that you want to go and keep taking that consistent and persistent effective action towards those goals. And you won't be disappointed with where you get. Until next time, this is your Chief Money-Making Officer, Professor Williams, signing off. Class dismissed. Hey, 
Hey, Eric Fisher here, and if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list, and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's beyond the to-do list. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.